coming to you live from the West Coast. How they treating you up there? It's good, bro. Fucking tired. Just drove back from Lake Shalon. Spent a couple of days out on the lake. Yesterday, fucking drove a boat for the first time in my life. Like a jeep. <laughs> you, you sound exhausted, bro. The sun yeah, and water, that shit kills you. <laughs> yeah, it does. You having a good time, though? Yeah, man. I'm having a good time. Even though it may not look it at the moment, but I'm having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you got you already got used to the time difference? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's it's not an issue, bro. I've been going to sleep, like, when I was over there, like, at 3, 3.34 in the morning every day so for no good. apparent reason. So I'm good. What's up, Mikey? Yo, yo, yo. Welcome yo, back to... Yo. Welcome back to Hoop and Loathing, the podcast about nothing, you know, but mainly basketball, brought to you by two morons that like to talk nonsense while they're drinking cocktails. So what's up, bro? Chilling, bro. Yo, I Actually, lost my breath uh, on that one. <laughs> that's good. That's good. It means you're, you're spirited. I am spirited. We have a fun one. We're going to do a, it's going to be a quicker one, but it's going to be a fun one. We're going to try to pack in as much shit as we can, do a quick recap of what's been going on. Also, Coach Carter, we kind of teased it last week. That was going to be our number seven movie, you know, way better than that trash-ass Hoosiers. <laughs> let them know. Let them know. No, 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 no. I think I, I, think I got it off my chest last week. You listen, you listen. If you don't, you don't. You know, make your, make your freaking own opinion, you know. We're all hypocrites here. Apparently, it's on my top eight list of basketball movies of all time, but it won't even make my, like, top 100 list of, of movies that I like. So, <laughs> whatever. Although this is a basketball show, I'd like to start off by saying congratulations to that motherfucker, that mixed race kid with a baseball daddy and a white mama who just signed a $503 million contract in the NFL. Oof. $503 million, bro. That's fucking sick. Insane. Dude, like, I don't, like, there's no fucking words to describe. First of all, five years ago, this was never thought possible. When Tom Brady, who's apparently, like, by most standards, like, the greatest player of all time in, in the NFL, never got anything remotely close to a $200 million contract. So for this guy to come out of nowhere in his third year and sign an extension, third or fourth year, and sign an extension for $503 million is bananas. It's more than Giancarlo Stanton. It's more than Mike Trout. It's past baseball numbers. It's more than Lionel Messi. It's more than Cristiano Ronaldo. It's fucking... And well-deserved, too. Young goat. Yo, he deserves every penny he's going to get. Clearly, he's like the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. But just like the idea of giving someone $503 million is kind of, um, fuck, man. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Like, it's a lot of fucking money. And it's I, so much fun. Like, how, what do you do with that kind of money? Dude, that's like Buku Monopoly money. You know, you know when you're playing Monopoly and you're, you started off with five people and you've already bankrupted like fucking three and there's only you and somebody else playing but you know you're gonna win they just keep landing on all your fucking hotels you don't even care how much money's coming in at this point that's how much money he has he's never gonna be able to spend it first of all i don't think i've ever finished the game of monopoly and i don't even think monopoly has 500 million dollars don't be a tool you finished the game of monopoly before <laughs> monopoly is the greatest game of all time i've ended friendships but not not the game itself there's no way you've never finished a game of Monopoly. Monopoly is the never greatest fucking in game life. in the history of fucking games. Hey, I'm ultra competitive. It's not It's not because of me. It's because other people just will not. I mean, after like four hours, you just don't want to play that shit no more. You know, it's ridiculous that you've been one of my best friends for over a decade. And we've never played a game of Monopoly together. 
when I'm not joking, in my house as we speak, I have a limited edition wooden board of Monopoly with all golden pieces. I have the regular game of Monopoly. And if you go to my PS4 right now, I have a digital version of Monopoly. And it's ridiculous that we've never played Monopoly before. While I've never I'm wearing, even talked about it before. While I'm wearing a pair of Monopoly socks as we speak. <laughs> Next time I'm in New York, we're, we're running around. All jokes aside, yeah, there's no way he's spending that much money. Also, there's no way that they're ever going to win another Super Bowl again as soon as that, the big money on that contract starts moving again. That's just me. Think so? Yeah, like I don't know, man. I like them. No, no, no. I'm not saying that he's not that good because he is, but it's not tennis. It's not basketball. Five versus five. It's fifty-three versus fifty-three. On any given play, it's eleven versus eleven. However many reps you're going to play, Patrick Mahomes, you still have ten other players on the sideline with him that you have to pay. You're not going to afford to pay anybody if if two thirds of your salary is already locked down on your quarterback. Yep. And uh, I, what I like about the contract is that a good portion of it is guaranteed money, which in the NFL is is pretty unheard of. And I recently watched the movie Concussion for the first time. I know I'm like years late, but I just saw it. And now seeing firsthand the impact of, uh, or the implications of, an, uh, you know, uh, an NFL player, what they have to go through in the years after their career, it's, it, I'm glad that NFL players are finally getting a little respect with, um, with their compensation because what they put their body through and what they got, what they have to go through at once their career is over, they need that financial stability. 500 mil is, is overkill, but it's, like I said earlier, it's well-deserved. <laughs> overkill. <laughs> Congratulations, Patrick Mahomes. Hopefully, after you get all this money, you can find a new girlfriend that isn't annoying as fuck on the internet. <laughs> do you, do you, is there any athlete whose girlfriend you, you like? <laughs> Who's dating Rihanna? <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Who knows? All right. It's been a little uh, concerning before we move on to some of the more fun topics that there's already been eight teams. Well, I should preface this by saying that we're already on the ninth and the bubble started yesterday. But before the bubble, there were eight, around eight teams that shut down practices. Like, should we be concerned by what may be forced, what may, what we may see to come? Or you do you think that it's already locked and loaded? Like, whatever happens in the bubble is going to, you know, stay in the bubble. Like, everything's going to continue hunky-dory. There's not going to be any unforeseen surprises. I think it's set in stone at this point. The NBA has a very thorough plan set in, in place. They've already spent a ridiculous amount of money. I don't remember off the top of my head, but I know that what Disney is charging them is in the millions of dollars a day. And this isn't, they're not going to make up this revenue through fan attendance because that's out the window. Um, I don't know what their deals are with TV networks or how they're going to present the games, but they're spending a lot of, they're investing a lot of money into this bubble. So I don't think the whole entire league would have to ha- would have to get coronavirus at the same time for them to even consider <laughs> shutting it down. Oh my God. Can you imagine that shit? 75% of the players catch the COVID after they all slept with the same hope. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Stephen A. Smith. Shout out Carmelo. <laughs> Shout out Rudy Gobert. The reason why we're in this mess. Shout out Tila Tequila and me and Khalifa. <laughs> Dude. Yo, basketball players be sloppy as hell, bro. They're sloppy as hell. But whatever. I agree with you. I don't think anything's going to happen. 
You know, it's all going to be hunky-dory. Although I will say, we are seeing, and we've been discussing this for the last couple of weeks, more and more prominent players are sitting their asses out. So a couple of days ago, first of all, we had Bradley Beal saying that he's not going to play, which is a, a little strange, right? Because we talked about how he's been one of these guys that wanted to make sure that he gets to playing time in the bubble because he really wants to make the playoffs. So he got his wish. Washington is a ninth seed. They're allowed to play and they have a chance to possibly make the playoffs. And for him to not be playing, I don't know, as a, as a Wizards fan, is definitely disconcerting. But more importantly, if I were a member of the Wizards front office, you kind of have to think like what's running through this man's mind. Is this all well-intentioned? Is he just scared of getting himself for his family's sake or or is this a little more diabolical or is him preparing his exit plan, you know, from the Washington Wizards, which by all accounts, he says he's happy in, but rumors start somewhere. And the rumors around circulating around Bradley Beal have been nonstop for the last year and a half. I don't think that's the case. The Heat fan in me wishes that there were some validity to those rumors because I want to see him in a Heat uniform. But I think ultimately what it comes down to is the fact that he doesn't think the risk is worth the reward, which best case scenario, they they make the eighth spot in the playoffs and then face the Milwaukee Bucks, which is an obvious sweep first round. No question. And so I don't think he I, I don't I don't think that he sees it as a real opportunity to they're not chasing anything this season. This season is a wash better it's better to come back next season once they get John Wall back once they have a healthy roster and they could finally start performing together a more cohesive team um the rookie is good too he's been promising this year and by next year he'll have um an entire season under his belt I don't I just don't think that he sees any reason to come back for this season when there's there's nothing that's going to come of it I'm with you on a couple things like I do think Rui Hachimura is pretty good Jordan Brand is definitely investing a ton of marketing dollars overseas on Rui Hachimura. So clearly the ad agencies see a, a, a bright future for the kid. But for me, like the validity of him sitting out this bubble, if it's not purely health concerns, before this pandemic, the Wizards weren't going anywhere. They weren't going to make the playoffs. But he was trying. He was, he, was, he was hoisting up 30 shots a game, playing the best basketball of his life. And for him to finally get the opportunity that he wanted, which he is, he's getting the opportunity to make the playoffs. And something that I think wouldn't have happened had the season ended normally. So for him to be sitting out, it's a little misconstruing to his fans. It's a little hard to hear. It's also a mixed bag of, of messages because I, I really don't understand where his head is at. As a Heat fan, I'm really hoping that this means that he's really looking at the possibilities of like his playing days in Washington coming to a close. Because regardless of what happens with John Wall's Achilles, and that's been two knee surgeries and an Achilles in the span of three years for John Wall. For a player that's game is predicated on speed and power and athleticism, I don't see how you recover fully from those knee surgeries and from all those surgeries that you've, that you've accumulated throughout the last couple of years. But regardless, I'm all for it. Shits and giggles time. We got some reporting. All right, biased as they are from the Miami Herald. We got some reporting. So Victor Oladipo sat out. Came out, when was yes, it? Yesterday, sir. Mikey? That he was going to sit out? No, no, I think it was two or three days ago. All right, two or three days ago. We got that Victor Oladipo was going to sit out, which was a big thing, right? Because Indiana's in the playoffs. They're fighting for better positioning within the playoffs. 
They have a young nucleus of players that can compete, and we're assuming will compete once playoff time comes around because, you know, this is a toss-up. Anything can happen. Victor Oladipo, TJ Warren, whoever else they have, because I don't really care about the Pacers. Fuck, yeah. Can't really, like, guess what they're going to do. But they had as much of a chance as anybody. Would you agree? Absolutely. And right. uh, they were they were fighting the heat for home, for home court positioning in that first round. Fighting the heat for home court positioning in the first round, trying to get that four seed. And on top of that, while Victor Oladipo hasn't particularly had a great year by his standards, he was on the upward trajectory before the coronavirus ended the season. I mean, by all accounts, we would have assumed that Victor would have come back, but he didn't. He decided not to play. And reports came out today from the Miami Herald that while there's some chatter chatter around NBA circles like that Chicago's interested in Victor O, Vicky O wants to be a member of the Miami Hessians, playing with Jimmy B and Bammy A and in a South Beach and dancing and winning hey. championships. Hey, hey. hey. Well, all right, all jokes aside though, I, I, I think we talked about, like I've told you this before, like if, if we get Victor Oladipo, that's fucking fantastic. A young player, healthy, athletic, you know, plays like a young Dwayne Wade. I'm not saying he's as good as Dwayne Wade, but he plays like a young Dwayne Wade. Showed some clutch genes, fucking athletic beast on the defensive end, offensive end, was getting a jumper. Everything was trending upward for Vicky O. And then he got injured. And that's not, that, sometimes that's what you got to, that's what has to happen. Like, that's what happened with Tim Hardaway, Alonzo Mourning. Well, not Alonzo Mourning, but that's what happened with Timmy O., I mean, to me, H in Miami, like sometimes one person's misfortunes is another team's fortune. And if all reports are true, biased that they are, that Vicky O wants to be a Haitian, right? He might still not be enough, but hey, fuck it. Like I'm excited. The prospects of having an all NBA player joining Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo can only spell trouble for everybody else. I'm all for it. I mean, I welcome Victor. Oh, we don't know what he's going to look like after the after the surgery, but based on how he was performing before he got hurt, I'm willing to take that chance. And if we get Giannis too, just give us those rings, baby. Don't even don't even have a regular season. Don't even have a season. I'm choking. I'm choking on myself. I mean, who would you give up? Like Tyler Hero, you gone. Jimmy Butler, I love you. You staying. Bammy, you staying. Can you imagine? Nah, he, I, I, I want to keep Hero. I want to keep Hero, too. But at some point, we're not going to be able to pay Bam, Jimmy, Giannis, Vicky O, yeah. Tyler H. Do it, Pat. Go into the luxury. Pay that tax. Get that oh. team. Get those know, rings. Our owner has been suffering during this COVID pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And- oh, my God. And he and he owns a Carnival Cruise Line too, right? Yeah, he's been suffering he's, badly. He's hurting. Boy. He's hurting bad. Now he's just gonna be a millionaire instead of a billionaire. I was so excited, man, at the idea of Vicky O joining us. But then, if you start looking at the cookie crumbs, you start looking at that little trail of passion that Giannis has been setting on for years, talking about the Heat culture, not wanting to play, not wanting to practice with anybody in the off season except for Bam Adebayo. The little lovebirds have been flickering. And maybe Giannis wants to come down to South Beach. I don't know. And a lineup of Vicky O, Giannis, Jimmy B, Bammy A, 
Tyler Hero, fuck it, Tyler Hero. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh Listen, my man, god! The Heat's the Heat's only goal this year. We don't have to win the championship this year, but we need to take out Milwaukee so Giannis comes here. That's it. Just beat Milwaukee, get Giannis the fuck out of Milwaukee, and get him over here. I remember 2009. You know, we had Jermaine O'Neal, Dwayne Wade, bunch of scrubs floundering in the Eastern Conference. Everyone's mad at Pat. Everyone's just fucking mad at Pat. Like, yo, what are you doing wasting Dwayne Wade's fucking valuable prime? He's not even one of the highest paid players in the league. What are you doing? And lo and behold, that offseason. Not only did we sign the Orca in Chris Bosh, not only did we sign the sperm whale in Dwayne Wade, but then we went and hooked the blue whale, that big, magnificent blue black whale of LeBron James. <laughs> and no, I'm not comparing Victor Oladipo to fucking LeBron James. <laughs> but what I am going to say is that there was a lot of Pat. Pat Riley slander going on on heat waves and around NBA circles for the last couple of years. He pulled Jimmy Butler out of his ass. Like, let's face it. He pulled Jimmy Butler out of his ass. It wasn't a secret that Jimmy Butler, kind of like with Victor Oladipo, the, the rumors have been there for a while. The rumors were there with Jimmy, but we had no money, like none, zero, kaput. And somehow he got the deal done. Which, by the way, the deal was in limbo for over a week because we couldn't even sign him. We couldn't even officially sign him because we didn't have the space to. And Dallas screwed us over. Fuck Mark Cuban. To the day you die, Mark Cuban, you could do all you want on Shark Tank. You could run for president and save this country. You could do whatever the fuck you want to do. But until the day I die, Mark Cuban, choking a chode, motherfucker. But Patty got it done, baby. Patty Riles got it done. Patty Riles. And Pat, we trust. Yes, I'm super excited. You're super excited. There is nothing else to be but excited if you're a Heat fan. Mikey's wearing his Miami Dolphins cap. I'm not. It's okay. Yes, sir. Got but I will be. You know, we got Tua coming. We got Vicky O coming. Bam Adebayo is looking like the best young forward in the league at the moment. Best young center in the league right now. Our captain We're is the a, most well-rounded. Most well-rounded center in the league right now. Our captain, Jimmy Butler, is a fucking bulldog. We still got our OG, UD. All right, that motherfucker needs to get off the books, bro. He's sucking up a lot of money for doing nothing. But I love you, Udonis. Don't come after me. He's got another 10, 15 years left. He can have 20 <laughs> years left as long as he's not soaking up the spot on the bench. You want to coach? Get your ass a coach's salary and wear a suit on the bench. We've talked about this before. I personally can see the Miami Heat in the NBA Finals. I know my boy Mikey said otherwise, but he believes in it too. Our boy Mel believes in it too. Heat Nation believes in it too. It'd be fucking amazing. And I'm like super beyond fucking stoked, bro. Like stoked. So let's see what happens. It's a a fun time to be a a Heat fan. It's a fun time to be a Miami fan. Man, shit's on on the come up. Get get on the get on the bandwagon now, or that's it, bro. This is your last chance. Get on the train, get on the wagon, or watch this train leave the station. That's all I gotta say. Today's July 9th. The bubble officially started yesterday, July 8th. Players are in it. Teams are already in it. You know, Rajon Rondo made a boo-boo today, comparing his $400 a night suite in Disney World Resort to a Motel Six. 
make him look like a fucking bum. Come Dude, on, bro. Is there any way to Come like Rajon Rondo at this point? No. He's been a trash human being for as long as I can remember. Is there any hope left for this motherfucker? Nah, he's done. He's done. Can you imagine fucking how fucking out of touch you have to be to look at a $400 a night suite and call that shit a Motel 6? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? Like, like how spoiled are you? Like, I don't even know where to start, bro. Like, I know he grew up poor. I grew up poor. Trust me, bro. That is not what a Motel 6 looks like. Trust me, bro. You got your own fucking room, king-size bed, HDTV, probably got premium channels on that bitch. Take a seat, bro. You shouldn't even be on a roster right now. Just be happy you're even there. There's been so much Rondo slander for years, right? His relationship, you could pick a side. All his fights with CP3. Who's at the wrong? Rondo. CP3. Rondo calls CP3 a trash human being. You know, a fake person. Bro. CP3 this, calls Rondo this, man, this and that. This man spit on on another man. That's the that's the highest level of disrespect. You don't spit on another person, bro. If I see you spitting on a plant, I'm gonna stomp you in the face. All right? People don't spit on living things. Air forces. It's mad disrespectful. I'm going to take my roach stompers, take my roach stompers and knock your teeth in. You do not spit on living things. Fuck, man. Like, fuck. Like, how can you defend this motherfucker already? Like, that's why Boston's the worst. Fuck you, Boston. Oh, man. Shout out to your boy, Perk, because they used to be teammates, but he called them out on that shit. As he fucking should, bro. Like, yeah. you sound like a spoiled little bitch. You don't stay at a, at a Motel 6 by choice. You do that shit because you have to. And trust me, that shit does not compare. Like, no. Stop that. Cut that shit out, bro. So another motherfucker a couple days ago opened his mouth, Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid's like, he's not comfortable in the bubble, you know, because he's going to do nothing but play video games. But he don't trust nobody else. He don't know what everybody else is going to be doing. Listen to me, Joel Embiid. I don't like you either. There's just something about you. I don't fucking like you. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, shut the fuck up. Your, your fucking teammate, who I'm not even a huge fan of. I, I like you as a player. Like, honestly, I like you as a player. Really like you as a player. Your fucking teammates gained, like, 20 pounds of muscle in the last three months. We're getting ready to play this bubble. And you're, like, unhappy about the circumstance. You know what, motherfucker? How about... Me and a bunch of other people like me, that's fucking millions of people like me, on the contrary, who've lost their fucking job and don't have a fucking $500 night suite to go to, don't have a million dollar paying job. How about that, motherfucker? Also, you want to talk about all this fucking Takashi 6ix9ine talk we've been having lately about snitches, 50 Cent throwing fucking TIP under the bus on Twitter, you know, uploading that video of him, like, at the Atlanta tip line. Like, listen. Why are you snitching on the NBA, bruh? Why? Why are you snitching on the NBA? You think we don't know some motherfucker's gonna get his, like, stuff done while he's in fucking limbo? You think we don't know Tyler Hero's girlfriend, like, that Instagram model he got? You know, Katya, whatever the fuck her name is, isn't gonna, isn't in one of his suitcases right now? Like, we know this. Like, we know this. But why the fuck you snitching, dude? Stop snitching. Everybody's got something to say these days. And uh, have you seen have you seen players posting, like, the the meals that they're getting? I'm not going to lie. That shit was sad as fuck. Yeah. Like, you, that shit was sad as That's fuck. That's the one thing. 
That's the one. That shit looks like uh, an elementary school field trip lunch. I don't even remember the player's name, bro. But he had like he had like one roll with butter, a fucking salad, maybe some crackers and an apple juice. I'm like, what the fuck is this, bro? A couple string beans. A couple yeah, string I mean, beans. The NBA is dishing out millions of dollars for this. You'd think that they'd have a better menu. Like, I don't know, man. Dude, this shit reminds I don't know me. If it, I don't know if it's like a, a safety thing. Like, I, I don't know. But you can prepackage an actual meal, not a fucking like fruit salad and a fucking butter roll. We're just getting a, a preview, a glimpse of all these like little nuances, these little factors that are going to contribute to the play and the uh, the play of the teams and the and the players, and we'll see how that affects them going forward once the once the games actually go underway. People that are complaining about the circumstances of the bubble. I don't think it ever hit them that things are not the same. Like, I, for some reason, like, they still think that they're going to stay at that haunted hotel in Oklahoma City that they all complain about. They're all going to be eating at Ruth's, Chris, and whatever fucking better steakhouse there is because I can't come up with one at the top of my head right now. But all those places are closed. And if they're not closed, they're not letting you in. Just deal with it. Like, shit sucks right now. Eat your butter roll and shut the fuck up. Hopefully they give you two next time because you're a big boy and you need some food. Can't expect you to be dunking on fools when you got one tiny-ass piece of bread and some watermelon on you, you know, with some fried chicken, you know. Pause, pause, pause. (laughs) It's so exciting to have fucking basketball back. Like, I know it's not actually back. Like, we still need, like, 20 days or some shit like that. Three weeks, bro. But in three weeks... We're going to see Bam Adebayo put his nuts all over somebody's face. In three weeks, we're going to see Jimmy Butler elbow TJ Warren in practice because for some reason they're going to have their practice floors right next to each other. In three weeks, we're going to find pictures of Tyler Hero getting fellatio in a broom closet in Orlando, you know, getting suspended by the fucking commissioner because the white man can't keep his pants, can't keep his pants on. Uh, <laughs> has, has anyone in the history of Miami professional sports acclimated to Miami as fast as this kid has? I'm not even sure he's telling the truth when he says he's from Wisconsin. I've been in Wisconsin. He ain't from Wisconsin. <laughs> like, Nah, bro. This motherfucker walks around calling everybody unk. This motherfucker <laughs> has a cowlick haircut with a side fade. You know, this motherfucker has like 20 tennis chains on at the same time, only wears Air Force Ones. This motherfucker looks more like Mike Epps than Ryan Reynolds. I'm not sure he's from Wisconsin, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. Let's see that birth certificate. I don't believe it. You don't look like someone that grew up eating cheese. You look yeah, like no. someone that grew up eating booty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You ain't lying, though. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right, professionalism. <clears throat> <clears throat> uh, we also have Duncan Robinson on the heat I, I feel the need to mention him because he's another white person <laughs> that can shoot but he doesn't have a Katya whatever her fucking name is in his suitcase or whatever <laughs> yo there needs to be another award for like most lit fucking rookie in the league you know, I'm, t- I'm tired of this fucking like regular rookie of the year award biased ass like Zion or fucking John Morant Ain't nobody give a fuck about those two. A- a- ain't nobody following him on Twitter. Maybe Zion, I don't know. You know, everybody following fucking Tyler Hero and his girlfriend. That's all everybody cares about. Want to know what he's up to. 
everybody wants to know what Tyler Hero's wearing. You know, everybody wants to know what what scarf he has on, looking like a babushka. Yes, for what all his my hair looking like these days. God, man, I missed that motherfucker. I didn't know I missed him that much until I started seeing so much pictures of him. <laughs> you know, when I saw that picture today of him like walking into the bubble yesterday with his mask on and his glasses, I got so happy, like so happy. You know, if I were a dog, I would have caught an erection. You know how dogs like get excited for no reason, just catch erections. Like if I were a dog, it just would have like Oof. caught an erection right there. You so got that happy. hero fever hard. Oh my God. All right, Katya, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to make you jealous. Three weeks. That's just coming up fast. It's been it's been now almost four months. That's like a regular NBA offseason. It's crazy. It is a regular fucking NBA offseason. And these guys are not gonna have like they've rested for four months, you know, three, four months now. Everybody's healthy, like we've talked about. But once the season's over, no one's gonna fucking work out anymore. You've been working out for these three months. You're gonna fucking play for another couple months. Everyone's gonna get fat next season, aren't they? Like everyone's just gonna come in fat. Like that's and they deserve it. You know what? They, you deserve it. If you're playing this season, they should be stipulated on your contract. You have the right to come in 20 pounds overweight. Like we'll work with you and we'll work with you during the preseason. But if you want to come in fat, you can come in fat. And can, and can we talk real quick about the other NBA bubble for the eight non-playoff teams? Did that gain any traction, or they shut that shit down? I don't see why that would ever gain traction. It's, it makes no sense, dude. How sad is it? You know that all that. 75% of the NBA is going to be in Disney World, you know, getting their groove on. And you got these eight lonely-ass motherfuckers in Chicago, all these big-time players that don't want to fucking play in the actual bubble. What the fuck makes you think you're going to get De'Aaron Fox and Trey Young playing against the Chicago Bulls? Man, at this point, the Nets should just be disqualified because they ain't even got enough players. Let's see. Obviously, KD's out for the year. Kyrie's out. Kyrie's out on his fucking Illuminati bullshit. Dinwiddie's out. Dinwiddie's out. They did sign Jamal Crawford, though, right? He went to Brooklyn. Dude, how sad is that that 40-year-old Jamal Crawford has to come from his house and just lead you in scoring? Hey, Jamal Crawford is a hooper, bro. He'll be hooping okay. until he's 50 and dropping 50. He's a hooper. He's going to drop 50. But what are the actual chances of you winning a championship if Jamal Crawford has to come off the street to lead your team in scoring? That's fucking sad. Zero. There's no way Spencer Dinwiddie's on that team next year, is there? Nah. Like, he's going to get traded. I don't know who's going to want him. That motherfucker suffers from Dominican's disease, bro. You ever seen that motherfucker? Like, you, for anyone that doesn't know what the fuck I'm talking about, Dominican's disease is that motherfucker that comes in with a birth certificate saying he's 16 years old but looks like he's 33 with four kids. Spencer Dinwiddie's, like, in his mid-20s, like, late 20s. This motherfucker looks 40. But please don't tell me he's 27. Please don't tell me he's 28. That motherfucker looks like Kunta Kinte's old uncle, bro. Old ass motherfucker. <laughs> and he has that old ass, like, fucking facial hair shit. What the fuck? He has the Mike Woodson facial hair. No one's ever looked at Mike Woodson and been like, I want that. <laughs> yeah, bro. But that's a garbage. I want to jump into our fucking list of recapping the greatest basketball movies, in our opinion, of all time. And unfortunately, last week we started with. Uh, I'll, call, I'll just call it an honorable mention of a movie that I did not want to include. But I can assume that Mikey and I agreed that we had to include this movie because it's a quote-unquote classic in Hoosiers. Now, we, we spoke our truth last week, so I'm not going to speak it again. I'm just happy that we get to move on to brighter and better things. And this week, we recap Coach Carter. 
Coach Carter, Coach Carter, Coach Carter. Which, by the way, just off the rip, had a way better soundtrack than Hoosiers. I don't oh, know what. Yo, I was gonna talk about that. The soundtrack is so hard on this shit. Samuel L. Jackson walked into an office, pitched this movie, whipped out a suitcase, and Anthony Hamilton came out of that suitcase singing in the score of the movie. It was just beautiful. By the way, can I can I be honest with you? The first two times I saw this movie, like I knew it was in California, but I've never heard of Richmond, California. So ju- I just assumed that they were playing in Virginia and flying back and forth. I'm like, so why is this Virginia team just playing California all the time? What's going on in Cali? Oh, shit. <laughs> That's funny. It's a fucking hell of a movie. If you haven't seen it, I feel bad for you. Samuel Jackson is at his fucking best. And on top of that, I don't believe I heard a single motherfucker out of his mouth the whole movie. I could be wrong, but even if there was one, it was so subtle and docile, you know, that it just fit with the whole aesthetic of this beautiful, beautiful, way better than Hoosier's movie. This might be the one movie where he doesn't throw out a motherfucker. And if he does, you won't even you won't even realize it. He played that he played that character to a T premise of the story a basketball team mikey was this based on a true story i think it was right i don't think so maybe like inspired by true events but i don't think it was based on a true story regardless there's some fact to the storyline right so a team out of richmond california that i've never heard of in the ever in my life but i'm assuming it's in um it's on the north side of cali in a super bad neighborhood with garbage ass players gets a brand new coach, an alumni comes in, and he completely changes the fortunes of the team around. I went to Miami High. Me and Mike went to Miami High. I don't remember, you know, people just walking around the halls, like, during class, like, eating shit. Not, you know. But, hey, to each his own. Apparently, if you go to – if you study at bad schools in California, you don't got to go to class. You know, the principal's like, fuck, just be on the basketball team. Like, you're going to die or end up in jail in a year. Like, fuck it. You do what you want. <laughs> you know, as long as you're not selling Coke in the gym, like, we're good. Premise of the story, team is really bad, wins four games the previous year, comes back the next year with Samuel Ed Jackson, Mr. Coach Carter, his son Damian, a freshman, a bunch of recluses from last year. You know, like, this this movie was extra heavy. There was a bunch of extras in this movie. A young Channing Tatum. Shanti. A Shanti. Oh, my God, Shanti's so fine. <sighs> Like, that took me back. Ashanti is so damn fine. I just lost my train of thought because I just think about Ashanti and it's like, mm, you know she's a prostitute now, quote unquote. Nah. Allegedly, she's a friend to hire uh, Arab Arabic rollers in the Middle East. Nah. Damn. Whatever Ashanti, you you still fine as fuck, dude. You do you do you boo, you get your money, you get your paper, but you fine as fuck. Some ugly-ass guy named Kenyon got Ashanti in this movie. I don't know how. Don't ask me. Cousin Skeeter is in this movie. Yes, Mr. Damien, is, Mr. Damien is a cousin Skeeter. I'm not doing a good job of telling you the premise of this movie. <laughs> but the whole point is, it's more realistic. This team does not win the state championship. It's actually, spoiler alert, it's actually a thousand times more relatable than Hoosiers was. Yeah. I think the big the big conflict in this movie they have to overcome spoiler alert is the is when they close out the season obviously they shut it down till the players get their grades up which I'm all for man like 
I don't understand how they got away with being so bad in school and still playing because I remember at Miami High, you had to maintain a GPA to even be a part of the team. So I don't know what the fuck happens in Northern California, dude. Like, seems like the wild, wild west out there. But thank God for Coach Ken Carter, who put everybody in business, put everybody on check, you know, and got six kids into college. So good on you, bro. So what's, what's your thoughts then? Tell us what you thought about the movie. I thought it was good. I thought it was really good. I thought it was very well acted. This was, um, I think, outside of uh, Coach Carter, Samuel L. Jackson, we can, just, we can easily say that the biggest star in this movie was Channing Tatum. Think so? Oh, you mean, you like mean the actors. movie stars? Yeah, 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 yeah. So this was a pre-Magic Mike Shining Tatum. So, you know, he's still getting his bearings underneath it. But everybody, it was very well acted. All the characters were believable. Um, the Puerto Rican kid, you know, just yelling the N word all over the place, like hit close to home because I could relate. Um, I that didn't. Was us. Really, that was us in high school. Yeah, I, I didn't really understand like his whole arc about the. You know, when what's your tr biggest fear? What, like when Coach Carter would keep telling him like what his biggest fear was. And, and then and then out of nowhere, like in the middle and towards the end of the movie, he just busted out with that monologue, like out of nowhere, like, you know, reciting poetry. Did, did this motherfucker like scout every individual player? <laughs> what the fuck? It's like, yo, I, I need a record from pre-kinder to now on all these motherfuckers because I need to get them not just the hoop, but to go to school and wear a tie. So I need to hit him where it hurts. And apparently that motherfucker spit some shit in the shower one day, like some monologue to himself. And he was not living his best life. Shout out Lil Duval. But then he was living his best life at the end. Like you, I fucking love the soundtrack to this movie. All jokes aside, anytime I hear Anthony Hamilton, like it's like little doves come out of nowhere. You know, his voice is just like beautiful. It's just perfect. You know, you, you laugh on the other end like an asshole, but you know I'm right. Anthony Hamilton's just gorgeous, melodic ramblings all the over. Little the angels thing. with the harps. Because I'm hopeful. Yes, I am hopeful for today. today. You, oh, woo, ah, woo, ah. Just fucking fantastic. So the soundtrack was fantastic. The basketball being played was fantastic. Like, all jokes aside about Cousin uh. Skeeter, all jokes aside about Cousin Skeeter, he actually looked like someone that's played basketball before. Yes, I'll give you this. There's a lot of unnecessary alley-oops going on, and I saw a lot of high school basketball that did not involve all these goddamn alley-oops, you know? But even if you don't agree with me that the basketball was, was realistic, I do think it was a million times more realistic than that garbage-ass, punk-ass, Hoosier-ass movie that I was forced and subjected to last week. So by there all accounts, by all accounts, this was a million times better. What did you think? Uh, so first off, my first reaction, because the first scene, it sets it up for you, right? That this is like a really tumultuous, lots of uh, team with lots of friction. So my first impression and my first thought was, all right, so this is with that 2010 Clippers team, or, or that Clippers team with CP3 and Blake Griffin that by all accounts should have won multiple championships, that's what their locker room must have looked like. Because with all that talent, y'all asses should have been winning some fucking games. So that was my first impression, or my first thought. The basketball, I did like. Obviously, the basketball in this movie was a thousand times better than the basketball in Hoosiers, but that's not necessarily because of the acting. It's just because I think 
Hoosiers was representing a time in basketball that was in its infancy and the game wasn't nearly as athletic as it is today. So obviously the basketball that's played today and granted this movie takes place in the early 2000s. Um, but even then, by that time, the athleticism was through the roof and it was a lot more poetic, I guess you could say. So the basketball itself was a lot better. However, I do think that there was a lot of uh, sequences that were just like really bad. Like it was very obvious that the defense came in super late trying to block an alley-oop and just, you know, there was some, there was some plays like that, that I was like, all right, that's obviously not how basketball is played. And it's clearly just made for the scene, but overall the basketball wasn't bad. The trash talking was corny as fuck. No one, (laughs) no one trash talks like that ever in the history (laughs) of sports. No one fucking talks like that. So yeah, that? that's my play. That's <laughs> my play. I drew that up. Mm, I drew that up. Mm, mm. <laughs> that shit was so bad. Um, the, you remember the Cougars team that they played? Yep. Bunch of goobers on that team. Like who dress? Who 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 dresses like that? <laughs> um, dude. And- but listen, we can joke about the way they dress all we want. But these motherfuckers dress exactly how people used to dress with the fucking do-rags, the baggy-ass jeans, the and one clothes, the super long-ass t-shirts. They nah, get in but, every passing lane. And then they nah, stop there was this one kid who had his headband like Daniel on his eyebrows. So, nah, I wasn't fucking <laughs> with that. Then there was, uh, what else? All right, we already talked about Cousin Skeeter and Ashanti. Shout out to them. Hold on. Before, before, because you have a list right there before I forget. Can yeah. we talk about how this kid, this kid Worm is supposed to be 16, fucking bald in high school? <laughs> Looking like year six Jordan. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. How the fuck did this kid how the fuck did this motherfucker come home in middle school, dude? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> Crazy. How was he the star of the team, man? He was like five four. Muggsy Bogues. Oh, this motherfucker was bald in high school. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> oh shit! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And one of the last points I want to make is that shout out to 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 that boy Cruz, who was uh, pulling up for three on a fast break before Clay and Steph Curry. So y'all want to give credit to 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 the Warriors for starting that running gun three point shooting on the fast break? Nah. Give my boy Cruz some credit, dog. That Puerto Rican dog, he started that shit. Wide open on a fast break, pulling up for three. Surprise, <laughs> surprise coach Carter didn't bench his ass after that. Remy! 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 <laughs> Obviously, this movie fu- isn't a fucking masterpiece, right? Because it's, it's, it's number seven on our list for a reason. But, <laughs> yes, it had his funny ass shit. But it's still better than Hoosier, so if you made Hoosiers, fuck you. <laughs> so, so moral of the story is better than Hoosiers. That's all you need to know. It's so much better than Hoosiers, bro. So much better than Hoosiers. And before real, think... real talk, real talk, it is a good movie. It's entertaining. Um, if you if you're a fan of basketball, like we obviously are, it's like it's it's good because there's a lot of basketball or there's a lot of movies out there that the 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 plot revolves around basketball, but the actual basketball is fucking trash. And that just takes away from the movie. 
in this movie, the basketball, like I said, there's some sequences that are that are not that great, but overall, the basketball is pretty good, and it's like one of the prevailing factors. Obviously, there's like underlying stories that are obviously important, and I'm glad that they talked about, and we can talk about those issues now in a second. But the basketball was was on point for this movie, and it was an entertaining movie, well well casted uh, and well acted. Yeah, man, I agree with you. And obviously, this isn't like a fuck. Like I said, it's not a masterpiece. You know, it's number seven. It's the last place on our list for a reason. Because Hoosiers isn't on it. So it's the last place on our list for a reason. So obviously it has some, it has some bad shit to it. You know, one of my big issues was a couple, was, was this one big plot hole, right, for me. And, well, actually two. But they all stem from the same place. So spoiler alert. After they locked down the gym, because... More than half the team is failing all classes, which is fucking ridiculous. Might as well not even go to school. Just go to Chuco, bro. Get your GED and go to Chuco. You're not even going to go to class. You know, but I sound like a privileged little white boy at the moment. So half the team's missing. They're sitting out games. One, one problem I had. Why do people give a fuck about this team playing their fucking, uh, their rival school, Fremont, if this team has been garbage for years now? Like, they don't have a following. But maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this whole undefeated beginning of the regular season shit, like, built up this, like, bandwagon fan base that they got going. Whatever. But here's uh, another problem. No, you, have, you have a point. You have a point. But actually, that reminds me, when we were in high school, our football team was fucking trash. And we would still go to games against Gables. And we still went hard for our team, even though we were fucking trash. Dude, how embarrassing is it that our biggest rival had a fucking – not only had a fucking practice field that looked like, like just looked a million times better than ours, because our practice field, by the way, we didn't have a football practice field. The baseball team, soccer team, football team, and volleyball team all practice at the same field at the same time. A field, by the way, covered in fucking holes and rocks. You know what? For, for those that don't know, we went to Miami High. And if you want to know what Miami High looks like now, you can look at that Drake video where he's uh, giving away money for free in Miami. You know, you know that part of uh, – what's the name of that song, Mikey? Oh, fuck. I don't remember. The Drake song. God's Plan. God's Plan. The song God's Plan. Yeah. yeah. Where he's talking about – and the scene where he's like, I only love my, my bed and my mom. I'm sorry. All right. And all the kids are jumping up and down. Yeah, that's Miami High. That's Miami High post $40 million a, invested into right. it. That's the new Miami High. That ain't all Miami High. So we went to the post Miami High. That ain't, was, that ain't UD's Miami High or no. Steve Blake's Miami High. Well, actually, it was their Miami High. No, no, no. But I'm saying what it looks like now is not oh, what yeah. it was back then. See, we went to Steve Blake and UD's Miami High. You know, we were going up around against Gables, a fucking school with a fucking big, humongous budget for everything. Regardless, just needless to say, we used to we used to get our ass kicked in football. We used to kick their ass in basketball. We used to get our ass kicked in football. But okay, fine. You know they got their their following. You know whatever. Go Fremont, uh, uh, free who, free what, free what, Fremont, whatever, whatever the fucking little chant is. Like it's kind of corny, but whatever. My thing is, how many fucking games did y'all sit out? Right, because that was that was kind of innocuous. Like they they didn't they didn't specify. So they won how many how many games in a row, Mikey? It was like 16 games in a row or some shit like that? And then they started sitting out games, right? And then somehow they said, I, I, I don't know. It's just very vague. Like, how many games did they sit out? 
how did they still make the state tournament? Since when does California like call people to make the tournament? Like, what is this like NCAA? What's going on in California? Like, can I get a ticket? You know, like. <laughs> oh, but you know what? You you actually just made me realize something else is this team has been trashed for so long and suddenly half the team is getting like people were mad because recruits were supposed to be coming out to these games but who gets recruited off of one season having a an okay season you know what i mean i mean in all fairness in all fairness they're getting quote-unquote recruited by sacramento state san jose like like tiny ass schools over there you know so yeah i get you i get you and if i were a parent on on this like and my t- my kid was getting scouted by no se que, like it doesn't fucking matter. Any fucking Juco college over there. Trust me, I would have fucking came to Coach Carter and punched him in the fucking nose. It's like, you motherfucker, my kid is going to end up selling rocks on the corner because your ass doesn't want to open up the gym. But you know what? Luckily, it all worked out. Again, I, I like to specify, I don't know how many games they missed out. I don't know how they managed to make the tournament. It's a good story. I hope it's true. Like, that was one of that was my big issue. Like, how about you? What were you, what were your fucking big issues on this shit? Um, I don't really have any big issues except from a systematic standpoint. Uh, the portrayal of, let's say, the principal, for example, who I actually liked that it was a, a female in that role. You don't really see a lot of uh, powerful black females uh, in cinema, so I, I did like that. But her and pretty much the entire town they didn't really give a shit about the kids they basically um had them set up to fail and the, the expectation was the, these kids are gonna fail just let them just let them play out the season this is the biggest stage that they're ever gonna be in in their lives everything is downhill from here for them and you're not even giving these kids a fighting chance and that's why i like the character of coach carter so much because he was so much more than just a basketball coach. He was, to a certain extent, a life coach. And he was trying to pave the way for these kids to develop outside of the basketball court. And um, that's something that I thought was was really was really good that they explored, that they tapped into. Because I think in a lot of uh, underserved communities and a lot of minority communities, that is how people see these, these athletes or these kids. They don't go to class. They're going to be good for nothing. Just let them enjoy the best years of their lives because this is it for them. And so I'm glad that, that they that they went into that. I like the idea of a Coach Carter. It kind of like Coach Carter is the embodiment of what college, college NCAA basketball coaches want you to think that they actually are, you know, but they're not because they don't give a fuck if you graduate or not. I actually like coaches like Calipari, John Calipari at Kentucky that tells you straight up, listen, I don't fucking want you to graduate. If you're really good, I want you to go and make your money because there's a stipulation when you sign to this school that you can come back and finish your fucking degree whenever you want. But that money is not forever. I do like the portrayal of Coach Carter. I actually wanted to get your opinion on something because you were talking about the, the, the principal. And while I agree that Coach Carter's view was more moralistic and more appropriate in a way, more easy to follow, I guess. Like, hey, you should care. You're an educator. You should care about these kids. You know, I actually res- respect, I actually respect the the viewpoint of the of the principal where it's like, listen, I've given these kids the opportunity to do what they're supposed to do. They have not reciprocated the opportunity for whatever's worth. And I'm not blaming them. 
But at the, at the same time, at the very least, I don't want to take away their one opportunity of actually doing something with themselves, you know, because I actually agree with, like, I, that's, to me, that's a very sentimental, almost sentimental way of looking at it. Even if it's, um, even if it's misguided in a way, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm one of these few idiots that didn't mind this. Even if they get accepted to a school, they're not going to be eligible to play, you know, but maybe, who knows, maybe they get eligible, but whatever. So yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of agreed with her, but disagreed with her. It was also very unrealistic, which is why I tell you that it's a plot hole, because I don't know how long they were sitting out for. Since when is five weeks enough to fucking change your whole fucking itinerary and all your grades to like a from a 1.5 to a 2.5? Yeah, it, it's very unrealistic. And to your point about the principal, I, I was conf- conflicted because she is... The more realistic and practical one in her reasoning and her logic and she's made out to be the bad guy right she's kind of like the the antagonist in the movie uh sort of and coach carter is obviously the more optimistic one and as an outsider looking in you side with him because you you know that he's just trying to do what's best for the kids but if you think about it from a more practical standpoint i could tell you when i was in high school i didn't want to wear a fucking tie I didn't want to be told what to do. If, if somebody made me run or do a thousand suicides and 5,000 pushups or whatever it was, I'm not going to do that. Like I had too much, I had, I was too egotistical. I, I had too much pride to, to do that in high school. Like, and so I see how, again, I know that it's, it's a positive message that's supposed to be taken away, but at a certain point it does become just unrealistic. Like you said. We'll end the Coach Carter topic there because you can always nitpick on a certain things. I do like the movie for the millionth time. Shout out Carmelone. Shout out Rudy Gobert. Give me, give me a couple shout outs. Give me a couple shout outs. Give me a couple shout outs. Shout out to Shanti. Shout out to Shanti. Shout out Tyler Hero. Shout out Tyler Hero. Shout out Pat Mahomes. Shout out Patty Mac. Shout out Victor O. Shout out Vicky O. Shout out. That's it, I think. All right. Oh, shout out. Shout out to a. Shout out to a T. That's all I got for today. All right. Shout out TD, baby. Shout out to TD, baby. All right. But yeah, it was way better than Hoosiers. All right. You see what we did there? I said something. We did shout outs. Better than Hoosiers. That's all I got to say. Be easy. Be easy was just signed. Be easy was just signed by the Nets. They just picking everybody up, huh? They're so garbage. No one's going to be sucking their dick in a broom closet in Orlando. Good night.